0: The
1: Ordinary Discussion Podcast.
0: Every medical professional I talk to says, Tiffany, you having no tourniquet for that long equals death. Like that's, that doesn't compute medically.
1: Welcome back to the Ordinary Discussions Podcast. Today, I'm your host. Normally I'm the co-host, but today I get to be the host of the podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. Just listen to some of the things that I have to share with you today. Today, we are honored to have Tiffany Johnson as our guest. She is a remarkable individual who has overcome incredible adversity, having survived a shark attack, and it nearly claimed her life. Despite those experiences, she's gone on to achieve incredible things and has an amazing testimony to share with you guys today. Listen to some of the things that she's already done. She's become a sought after speaker. And been able to share her survival story on uh, both the Today Show, CNN, and she's inspired countless others uh, on their faith journey amidst those storms of life that she's experienced. How incredible is that? Uh, In addition to those speaking engagements, she's authored a devotional called Uncharted Waters. And we are so thankful to have her today. Uh, Before we get into that, though, let me just remind you to rate this podcast, like, follow, share, subscribe, leave us a comment All those things help us to get the word out about the Ordinary Discussions podcast and what we're doing and uh, spreading the news, uh, the good news of what Jesus has done in our hearts with others. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. uh, And let's do this. Tiffany, how are you doing today?
0: I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me.
1: I am super excited to have you. It was amazing to have you come and share with my home church, Grace Church of Fredericksburg, uh, recently. And as you kind of were sharing there, I just thought, I, I want to know more. I have to know more about this story. And so thank you for being willing to do that.
0: Yeah, it's my honor.
1: So for our listeners, um, I've had the benefit of hearing you before and getting to hear uh, the testimony. And you had a great kind of video that that introed and, and gave a lot of suspense leading up to um, your 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 speaking at Grace. But for those who didn't have the ability to see that and don't know your story, could you provide just a little bit about um, your your story and your testimony? And just kind of give us a brief overview there, leading up to um, how you found yourself to be a shark attack survivor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, my husband and I, we love vacationing. We're actually vacation junkies. And um, and this was one of those vacations with just the two of us. We're very intentional about spending one-on-one time with each other without the kids. Yes. So, that vacation, um, it's coming up on six years this June, actually. Um, that was that vacation. And the last stop of our cruise, um, we went to the Nassau, Bahamas. Bartered for the good deal. You know, found the little locals to try to right. go out snorkeling, and uh, we went out. We did parasailing first, then snorkeling, and then in. Well, when we went to the the shoreline where they laid anchor, there was a small little private island, and so right around that island was all reef. And right. so I remember when the captain was like, "Hey, you know, just free. Feel free to explore wherever you want." And we were out there for a good twenty minutes or so. Um, and so my husband started feeling really sick. That boat ride out was really choppy. It made him mm-hmm. sick to his stomach. So he went back to the boat and I just stayed out there because it had only been 20 minutes. And, you know, that's mm. not long enough. <laughs> and so yeah. I just stuck my face back under the water and, you know, got lost in that world. You know, watching the, the creatures all interact and the different species and, you know, the different colors. It, it, I mean, it's amazing watching God's creation in a whole different way. And in the midst of that, I felt like I had slammed into something. And I remember that thought was, oh, what did I bump into? It didn't, there was no fear. I didn't see the fish all of a sudden scurry away. I had no reason to be afraid other than, um, you know, that I had bumped into something. And so when I turned, I was so casual, I turned to my right to see what I bumped into. And I was face to face with a shark. And he had my whole arm pinned in his mouth. I have a mark and i'll i'll show you guys for reference here i have a mark that's i'm trying to feel it through my shirt here uh, this is where he first let Sean. so i'm gonna turn mm-hmm. here so you can see this is how close we were we were face to face mm-hmm. and of course you know fear takes over at that point um i started having visions of my kids playing in the backyard with my husband like little movie clips of my life, if you will, started to play in my peripheral vision. And I remember having to push those thoughts back and the strength of the Lord just came out from inside me to give me that will to fight. And so I remember pushing those thoughts back and thinking, no, you will not take my life. I am not going to die here. And so at that point um, is when I yanked my arm and, you know, we're, we're struggling. He's He's thrashing you know, I'm screaming through my snorkel tube and I'm trying to get away from him. He has me pinned. And so we are struggling for a while until one yank, his jaws open and my arm kind of just flies out. And at that point, I realized my arm is gone. He had taken half of my arm completely. It was just a mangled stump. And, and it, I'm just in shock, just, you know, my arm's gone, you know, but God gave me the strength to keep moving. And I was already at the surface of the water. I'd yanked off my snorkel mask and I screamed out help help me Jesus Mm -hmm. you know and I begin to make my way back to the boat I took a few strokes and I remember feeling like the Lord telling me get your injured arm out of the water and so I you know I raised my injured arm up and it's just spewing blood everywhere just like like old faithful you know because if you can imagine I'm swimming and with all my might trying to you know get away with my one arm and yes. that, that adrenaline and all that power of trying to get moving was shooting out of my arm. And so, as you can imagine, blood's everywhere at that point. So when my husband heard me scream, he said he turned. He was coming up out of the water because he was washing himself off. He had gotten sick everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's the sight he saw it was me swimming back with half my arm gone, spewing blood everywhere. He screams out, baby! And I remember just the terror in his eyes. I'll never forget it. And he just, he jumps in the water. Um, I'm still, you know, trying to get to the boat as quick as I can. All I can think about is that shark's right behind me. going to grab my leg, grab my arm, grab my side. And I just had that laser focus, like, Lord, get me to the boat. You know, I'm praying the whole time. In fact, my husband said when he met me in the water, that's the first thing he heard was me praying. Mm -hmm. It was like oozing out of me. Mm. Uh, which still brings me to tears just thinking about it. Um, yeah. So we get to the boat, and by the time my husband met me, I was already most of the way there. He, it was just like 10, 15 feet left. The captain threw out a rope, and I'm using it quickly to get in. And we get to the ladder, and my husband just kind of you know, launches me into the boat. And at that point, I felt the peace of the Lord surround me as soon as I got in that boat. It was like a cloud of his presence. It was thick and tangible. And I remember being urgent, but I was not in fear. Like I knew he was there with me. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at my husband. I'm like, go get us something to stop the bleeding because we we find out there's no med kit on board. We have no tourniquet. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're scrambling and I see the beach towel that the cruise line gives us. And I'm like, go grab that beach towel. So he goes and throws it and it kind of lands on my arm. I'm like, no, no, no! you got to tie it up. So he's tying it as quick as he can. We're making like a tourniquet, if you will, with this beach towel. But y'all know tourniquets, you know, they're they need to be taunt and not mm-hmm. like a big mm-hmm. bulky beach towel, you know. So we're doing the best we can with what we have. And he's shaking trying to get that thing so tight. Mm. And I remember laying my head on his lap. We make the journey back to um, where Paradise Island is. That was the first kind of uh, land spot but we find out there's no hospital on Paradise Island. So they tell us we had to back the boat out and go an additional 20 or so minutes. So all in all, I'm on that boat with just a beach towel, no tourniquet for 30 plus, 30, 35 minutes, maybe 40. I mean, I might be, you know, really shrinking that down, but it's somewhere in that time span. Mm -hmm. And every medical professional I talk to says, Tiffany, you having no tourniquet, For that long equals death like that's that doesn't compute medically Mm. but here's the amazing god thing beyond that is when i got out of the emergency surgery in nassau my husband gets all the report and they tell my husband we can't explain it but we didn't have to give her a blood transfusion because she didn't lose enough blood Mm. can you believe that i mean that's the god that we serve he is above and beyond he is miracle working and he's still alive and working today
1: wow wow i'm like as you're as you're i mean and i've heard i've heard i mean there's there's other things i catch that are new but i've heard i've heard that recently and just even as you're describing the emotions of that and your husband like seeing you like i just began to cry like thinking about uh um just thinking about like and putting myself in that context and seeing um, seeing my wife like no. like that, and like you're on vacation, like this is probably the farthest thing from your mind, right? Like you're just right. you're you're there to to relax, you're there to just enjoy and almost recharge and and invest, right? That's that intentional time with one another, and then something like this just comes in out of out of nowhere, um, and completely derails you or can derail you. Um, yeah, are you like? during those times, like you, you, you said you made a conscious decision to kind of push those, those thoughts of fear, um, back. Did, did you feel like a struggle with that, like ongoing, or did you really just feel like the Lord was, was with you and faithful to like, give you the strength to go through? Like, did you have kind of those, those moments come back where you felt like you were fading or you felt like, um, you were, you were kind of losing it? Um. Describe kind of maybe some of that, like getting to the hospital yeah. and things like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, the boat ride, being that it was 20, 30 minutes-ish, um, all I don't remember fading <clears throat> necessarily. I was conscious the entire time. In fact, I remember when they wheeled me back to the surgery room and I finally like they gave me the dosage to go to sleep for surgery. Like, so I remember everything. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, I felt that weakness um the upset stomach the you know that like where you're starting to feel that nauseous you know feeling and I remember feeling that significantly whenever we backed that boat out and I knew that we had that 20 or so minutes extra to mm-hmm. do because we had just done that boat ride out like an hour and a half ago you know so I knew how long that was and that's when that I felt like reality sunken and uh but I all I did was like I did some deep breathing. I had my eyes closed cuz honestly the boat looked like a murder scene. My blood was everywhere, you know. So I kept my eyes closed and I just prayed. Like I had really no real words um but it was like the Lord had deposited specific prayers in me. Mm-hmm. And I started praying for my kids. I prayed for my husband. I prayed for the doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, I even prayed, God, would you use this somehow? Like, don't make this be for nothing. You know, I yeah. I remember these specific things coming out of my mouth, like beyond what I think I could reason at the time. Um, so it was it was a conscious effort to pursue the Lord in prayer in that because um, I did feel all the signs of like fading if you will but i didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't go that far as to um completely fade out um Mm -hmm. i had to push the thoughts back you know and it says in it is word that we need to take the thought captive and make it obedient to christ and that's i feel like that that's a tangible example of what that Mm -hmm. looks like
1: yeah yeah i can only imagine because in much um less traumatic things there's been times where i've struggled to like have that reaction. And so to, to have that happen and go, uh, okay. Default to obedience to the Lord and and into his word and trust and faith, um, is, is amazing to hear that. And, and it's amazing to hear the testimony of how he worked that miracle, um, through, through you. Um, I, I want to get to like, I want to get to, a lot of where you are now, but just like for a little bit of backstory and in the know, and like, um, I actually just got back from the Bahamas. Um, ironically, like we took our family vacation there, and it was after, and this is why I don't, I don't know if the Lord's trying to like speak to me even now, right? Like, I know enough, like the signs of Him kind of working and coordinating. And so, like, you being at our church, and, um, and then my daughter getting to like meet you and we we you were kind to us and afterwards we we got a shirt um one of your bee and overcomer shirts and like a necklace and um a sticker i got a sticker on my guitar case um to to remind me but um and that happened right and honestly i didn't even remember it was bahamas like when you were talking like just because first time and i'm like shark and like like i got ADD probably but, um, no, but but then we go and I'm reminded while we we're there like oh yeah that no that was like the bahamas like for real and then we go out on a snorkeling trip and my daughter just so happens to be wearing her overcomer shirt ah uh, i'm going to like i'm going to really struggle to like uh keep it together here but it's okay um and i was like lace i got to get a picture of this like i got to i got to get a picture of this because i feel like the lord wants to like do something right now Um, he's communicating to us something here and so I got a picture of her standing on a snorkel boat in the Bahamas over top of a reef um, weeks after you had shared your testimony of having this happen uh, in the Bahamas probably I mean not far not a far boat ride away from there because we were on um, was Atlantis I guess so where all of that stuff is and the, I had like uh thoughts of like fear almost coming in you know like like oh, I'm scuba certified, uh, my wife is too we're we're like you guys where we we like to go on vacation and do that as a family and individually too, and um I had like thoughts of fear like I'm like, man, this is where shark shark attacks do happen, and this was here, and I just thought like then I saw I looked and I saw my daughter had your shirt on, and I was like, nah, but like." God loves us. He, he, he's here with us now. Like, like regardless of the outcome, like I'm not going to live my life in fear. I'm going to live it according to his promise and his word. And it just filled me with so much hope, like in that moment. And, um, and I would like told my, shared that with my daughter, like those thoughts and whatever as well, but she's had similar things where she's had to, um, choose faith over fear as well and um, she's diagnosed years ago with type one diabetes. And it's been a difficult thing to navigate as a family. Like initially, like for me, I was uh, angry. Um, and I was like questioning God, like why? Like, like I no history in the family, no nothing. And um, I worked through that and I had like faith and confidence that God is a good God that he loves us. That he wants what's best for us, but he'll give us these things, put these things in our lives to give us the perseverance, give us um, something that we need in the tank for later. Right. He wants to use us. He wants to use us like, like he's using you now to like share your story. And, um, and, and it's difficult for her as a young, as a young girl that she's navigating her faith and questioning like, God, why do I, why am I different? Why do I have to calculate everything I have to eat? Um, and give myself a shot or a shot of insulin before I do that so those questions of fear come up but as I just i, I took a picture maybe wes um, our, our our guy that helps with editing can can share the picture for our viewers um I took that picture and I just was so thankful for for God reminding me of his faithfulness and so for you on the other side of it um uh, have there been moments like where you kind of went through a grieving process like, afterwards like I mean you come through it but then you've got to like maybe relearn how to do things and like maybe struggle with things there like describe maybe some of those thoughts and have you had to deal with some grieving or or, or struggle with um some of those same feelings I was describing um after yeah. that?
0: yeah definitely um it it's a process I think of the overcoming what that looks like it's a process <laughs> it's not going to be a one-time decision then everything is fine after that it's a daily decision to say god i trust your plan regardless of how i feel regardless of what i think things should be like i trust that you're good and even when it doesn't feel good um and those early days you know it took me about six months to fully heal the end of my arm the skin died so this part like right here it turned black completely um and so I was in a lot of pain for a long time um they did a nerve transfer surgery and uh the nerves had to kind of find its way back you know into the new muscle that it routed to and at that point um it was like we had to wait for the nerves to kind of settle in and So it took probably, I don't know, uh, three, three or four months before the pain, my nerve pain started tapering off. And then I had just the physical pain of, you know, healing. Um, So that alone, the pain part, it was a lot to handle. There were times in the beginning where I would just be going about my business and surges of pain would just come out of nowhere. It would take me to my knees and I'd have to, like, grit my teeth and just bear through it. Um, yeah. And it was hard because I've got my kids who are, you know, at the time it was 5, 4, and 1, you know, who are watching me. And I had to be really careful. not I didn't want to scare them, you know. So it was, like, this constant um, maneuvering of, like, trying to balance me learning and grieving and all this stuff and still being a mom, <laughs> you know, yeah. and still being who they needed me to be and still being a wife. And, you know, um, so there were times when it was just exhausting. I am naturally I was a right hand uh, born <laughs> dominant and now I'm I'm a lefty. So just that alone, relearning everything as a left handed uh, person writing and, you know, all the things that I normally wouldn't have done with my left hand. And then on top of that, now being one-handed. So it it literally impacted everything I did, from brushing my teeth, doing my hair, tying my shoes. You know, there are still things today that I, I can't quite do, and I've had to just be okay with that. <laughs> and that yeah. was really hard, honestly, because I'm very independent. I'm, I'm like, a, I've always been a go-getter, um, and so I had to be okay with either asking for help or just that I couldn't do it. And um, there are things today, like with my kids, I love playing like Mario Kart and Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers. And, you know, um, my kids are getting into that now. And I, and some of those games, I just can't play with them, you know? And I, it, it's like this, it's a grieving process at the beginning, but there's even moments in time where there's still that grief that comes up. Like just the other day, my daughter conquered donkey kong and you know it Mm. seems so silly but she's like and i was like i remember playing that game and i'm like then i had this moment like just sucks that i can't play with my daughter you know like have Mm. that moment with her and like um and it's just those little simple things that sometimes you just miss and i can't i just don't have a way to do it anymore Mm -hmm. um and i have to be i have to surrender that you know every time that i have those moments where i'm like gosh i just I never thought I would be in this position. I never thought I would be living this life as an amputee. But God, you're so good. Mm -hmm. And I had to switch that perspective. And so I could either live in that place of why me? Or I could switch around and be like, well, I see God using it. And I should have been dead, but I'm alive. So I'm not going to waste the second chance. I'm not going to dwell on all the things I can't do. I'm going to focus on what he has for me instead.
1: Amen. I think um, I think those little things, like you mentioned, like the Donkey Kong and those those things, would be probably that constant reminder and and challenge almost to be like yeah. I have to either give in to despair or give it to God. Yeah. And one of those leads down a path of destruction, and one of them is is life giving. And um, yeah, that's cool to hear hear you choosing choosing life in those moments.
0: Yeah. Um, And it's not easy. I mean, it's, it's literally a choice every single day. mm -hmm. It's not something that um, I can do one time and it's good. You know, it's like a daily reminder that we need the Lord. I need his peace. I need his joy. I need his strength. I need his hope. I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And that constant um, ability to just get into his word Mm -hmm. renews all of that in us so that we can continue to make those choices. Definitely.
1: Um, You said you had three kids? Yes. Three. And so what are their, what are their ages now? And then you said it was six years ago that, that this happened. So I'm just trying to context wise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now they're 11, 10 and seven. We're about to go into birthdays. So okay. all right. <laughs> but that's, all right. that's where they're at now. So I got a new middle schooler this year was sixth grade year. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to navigate that, <laughs> um, all the way down to second grade.
1: Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have some in that same, same range. I got a couple middle schoolers now and a couple that are younger. Um, what's been your favorite stage, uh, so far, like parenting wise, I mean we're both kind of, I look at people who have kids that are driving now and graduating. I go, well, I'm going to be seeking advice in the future from you, yeah. but, uh,
0: <laughs>
1: from your experience thus far. What have you just really enjoyed, um, favorite stages or I think, something to,
0: you know, my husband and I have talked about this. A little bit because we really like this adolescent stage where they're independent enough, where they don't need us constantly, mm-hmm. but they're still look to us for guidance and we're not like not cool or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. still want to do stuff with <laughs> us. So this like, I feel like we're in the sweet spot right now. Yeah. Um, there's a, a lot of challenges with that because it starts to get mouthy and, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, they're starting to become more independent and that can, that can sometimes you know butt heads with um authority but for the most part i feel like we're really enjoying the stage because we can do more stuff together and i don't have to be a helicopter mom you know mm-hmm. i don't have to be constantly around them they, can, they have the freedom to play outside and do the things without me having to constantly be around to watch them and that's freeing for me too yeah. so
1: yeah so so you had three when the accident happened and and fairly young then.
0: Yeah. So, so,
1: so on the other side of that, (laughs) on the other side of that, enjoying this time right here, where it's less, you had the challenges of, of your accident, uh, relearning how to live with just one arm and taking care of young children in diapers and everything that comes along with that. Um,
0: yeah. So that doesn't make
1: that any easier as well, but did you have a good support system for that? Um, I mean that would just be hard for any couple to do. Like,
0: yeah, uh, honestly, um, my husband is a rock star. He's amazing. Um, he's already was helping tremendously. We're, you know, we we're helpmates together. It's not one person's duty to do one thing or another. We just kind of tackle it as a team on all accounts. And so, mm-hmm. having that mindset early on in marriage prepped us really well for something like this, because um, there are things, especially at the beginning that I literally could not do. Um, yeah. And he stepped up and he does, you know, he, for the most part, he's the one that does the dishes. I could do them, but it takes me twice as long because, mm-hmm. you know, even with my prosthetic holding the dish, it's just, it's painstaking because you have to lift it up er, uh, 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 close, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's mm-hmm. like, he can do, you know, six dishes in the time it takes me to do one. So, yeah. uh, so I still, I will do it on occasion, but actually when he, if he walks in and he sees me doing him, he's like, stop, stop. I'm, Cause he mm-hmm. knows that it's, it's frustrating. You know, it's like, he's like, it's not worth all. I'm, I can do it just fine. You know? Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: he, he has definitely uh, been amazing and somebody that I know, like without a shadow of doubt, like God knew that he, he was, yeah. yeah, he was for me <laughs> and for this, you know, for this, the life that we are living. Um, I, I am just honored that I have a husband as amazing as he is. So, mm. um, and, and he had to relearn stuff too. Like he had, he has to help me with the girls with hair. I mean, um, mm-hmm. at first I couldn't do anything cause I couldn't use now this arm I can touch and feel and pull, you know, and use it. But then, you know, it's in this huge, massive bandage. I couldn't even put even the slightest pressure on it because it was so painful. Mm. So, trying to do anything one handed with your hair is really hard. And so, <laughs> he had to learn how to do ponytails, and we do braids mm. together. And you know, I had to kind of walk him through different things. And he's a guy; he doesn't know. And he grew up with all brothers, so he's like, mm-hmm. I have no context <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> for this, but. He's been a trooper in kind of learning things and now he can do stuff on his own. And then when it comes to like braiding or stuff, we do it together as a team and it's just like a, almost like a little bonding experience that we've created. And Mm -hmm. it's been amazing watching the Lord use and work through those moments where, you know, we're true helpmates.
1: Mm, That's amazing. And so how long have you guys been married?
0: So we're coming up on 14 years.
1: 14 years. Okay. That's yeah. similar to, similar to Carrie and I, and what, what's his name? JJ. JJ, we got to okay. give you a huge shout out, man. <laughs> you are amazing. Yes. And, and that's so cool to hear how, how, um, through that, this, the coming together and, and basically the all hands on deck thing. And I love the, the, the piece about learning how to do hair and stuff like that. Yeah. I had aspirations <laughs> of that at a as a young father with, I only have one girl. Um, but pff, I never learned, but I would have to in your, in your situation. That's, that's so, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so has he, ha- JJ, right? Yep. So have you guys ever gotten to speak together? Um, I know you've, you've shared at, uh, our church a couple of times, um, at, for Grace Church Assembly, and then also like for the youth, um, as well, but do you guys ever travel together as a family and share together kind of from, both sides experience wise.
0: Yeah. We've done that a few different times. Um, Actually, he was hoping to come on this trip that um, I just was at grace. um, But there was just so much going on in our personal life. We had sports schedules and all kinds of stuff going on and it just, it was too much. So um, he didn't make it for this trip, but we typically do travel as a family together And then there has been, um, a handful of times where we speak, we do like a tag team speaking, uh, which is always a joy for me because I think, um, I love to be able to have people hear it from his perspective. Cause I think yeah. there's things that he can say that if I were to say it, it would sound weird because I'm, you know, it's something mm-hmm. that he experienced, you know? And so I think it, it means more coming from him and being able to see it from that lens. Um, So it's, and we've done a few um, interviews that way too. Like if you were to look up on YouTube, um, some of my stuff, you'll see he's in some of the interviews too. So we've Mm. done stuff together. Um, He's funny because back in the day, he was a college pastor. I was the worship leader. That was our team. I didn't ever speak. I just did the singing and then he did the speaking. And now it's like, he, he's like i'm okay not speaking you know i'm like what happened to you you know like <laughs> you used to be the one to sp- speak all the time i wasn't speaking you know but it's like the lord just shifted roles and things and so um but he's happy to do it he's just we don't do it all the time
1: that's awesome i'm gonna go look up some of those things because I, I think that would be really cool um to hear from his his perspective too because then when he's on the shore and seeing you so like Oh, I can only imagine. But what are some of the things or, or just uh, some of the takeaways that from his perspective um, or, or maybe like the biggest lesson that you he said that he learned from the experience um, or is learning?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's always ongoing. <laughs> but I think one of the biggest things that he talks about is right after, if you think the whirlwind of me – Getting to the shore, you know, we're in this 30-plus-minute boat ride. We're in survival mode at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to the hospital dealing with all the rigmarole of that, which, by the way, it was a mess. It, it's not structured the same way as what we're used to in mm-hmm. an American hospital. Um, things were very chaotic. Um, and so the stress is all that. Um, he had to actually go back to the ship while I was in my five-hour surgery to pack up our stuff because it was about to leave so he's he's doing that the ship was amazing they actually sent some staff down to help pack everything up and he was making phone calls while he's doing this i mean i mean the the, um i can't even imagine (laughs) Hmm. that all that stuff you know is circling in his head and he's having to recount everything to you know different people my mom and his parents and mm. you know, he called our pastor and, you know, like all in, um, trying to get the word out so that people could continue to pray. Cause honestly, at that point I was alive, but I was still in critical condition. So I mm-hmm. could have died on the operation table. So he's out trying to figure things out while I'm in surgery. And he was able to get everything. And I remember he said, um, so the, the, people that we booked with for the um, excursion, mm. they were amazing. They treated us like we were family. Um, and they sent their um, kind of secretary, if you will, to take JJ to the ship, to do all of that, to take him back. They, she actually stopped at a Burger King and was like, you need to eat. Cause it, mm. by that time it was like almost five and he hadn't ate since breakfast. And he's mm. like, I- I'm not hungry. And you know, and he's, he said he remembered just feeling like a shell of himself. He's very outgoing. And he, he said, I was giving like one word answers. He felt like he was half there. And he remembers she looked at him from across the table at Burger King and was like, are you okay? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 I'm I'm not okay. You know, like mm-hmm. he's feeling all the weight of it. And she said something so profound. It, to this day, it still sticks with them. She said, Mr. Johnson, I can't imagine what you have gone through. I know that there's a lot on your mind, but your wife is alive and she's here. And when she wakes up from that surgery, she's going to need you. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of like snapped him out of that fog. And he was just like, okay, let's do this. You know? Mm-hmm. And he said during the you know, during the wait in the waiting room after, you know, he gets back, he's like, I wanted to be, I was so mad. I wasn't mad at the Lord, but I was like, so mad at the situation. Like, why, why is this happening? You know? Mm -hmm. And it was like, these thoughts started to come up of like, you need to be mad at God. And he's like, I recognize that right away. Like, that is Satan trying to get in here. And Turn this into this resentment thing. And he's like, I, I had to recognize it right away. And again, take the thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. And he's like, I will not make this about the Lord. Like this has nothing to do with, you know, that it has everything to do with my response in it. And that's something that we talk about all the time when we share is you might not be able to control the situation you're in. You know, life might happen, but you always have a choice. So at that point, you know, he had a decision to make to, to either go down that path of, you know, why God, why us, you know, all of those things or switch it around and say, you know, Lord, I trust you. I don't like this, but I trust you. And, you know, that's what we talk about a lot when we get to share about our testimony is the choices that we have and our response, because we don't always have a choice in the circumstance you're in. You know, life happens But Mm -hmm. the choice we do have is how we're going to respond. And that's the piece that, you know, we try to help people see that we can choose joy. We can choose peace. We can choose hope. We can choose strength because that's what God has for us. We don't have to live in all the other stuff. Um, And so he Mm -hmm. he talks about that all the time like that, that moment of recognition, like. I don't want to go down that path because that I Mm -hmm. know that that's not for us
1: yeah um you talk about like you know sharing with people and other people kind of receiving that but probably front and center of the the probably like sitting front row like having popcorn of this whole thing are are your kids being able to see faith lived out this way how have you seen that like what what have you tried to impart and i think a lot more is caught than taught um overall But like, what have you kind of seen in terms of this kind of influencing their faith or seeing, you know, you guys go through that, um, especially now that they're getting to kind of that middle school age where they got to start deciding, like, is this faith for me or is this just something my mom and dad do?
0: Right. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Early on, we made the decision not to tell them all the details because they were so young, you know, five, four and one. I mean, they were just. It was too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all they knew was that I had an accident and I was an amputee. Um, Of course, they had lots of questions and we answered what we could. But if it got too detailed, we just kind of pull up and I would redirect all the time, you know, like, hey, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about that. Jesus saved me. That's all we really have to worry about, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did that for a while until about it was right around the two year mark is when I felt like the Lord gave us peace to give them all the details, Um, which two years (laughs) of not telling them was quite challenging because if you look up my name on Google, you'll see I'm in a a ton of interviews and a lot of those were right here in our house. So trying to navigate all of that um, with our kids not knowing the details was quite challenging But it was like the Lord put spiritual earmuffs on them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like they didn't, there was times when people would say stuff in front of them because they didn't know. And it's like they didn't even hear it. It Mm -hmm. was crazy. Um, So I know that the Lord gave a strategy for that. And it was just hearing, listening to him on the timing of it. And I think that's so Mm -hmm. important for parents Um, for stuff like this, obviously with traumatic stuff but everything like we need to seek the Lord's timing on when to have the discussions in life, you know, for middle schoolers, there's a lot that, you know, you have to walk through and talk to your kids about and the timing is everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the biggest thing that we've been learning in this is to lean into the Lord for that because what I think is best, isn't going to matter. <laughs> it's what he thinks is best, you know? And so I really mm-hmm. have to cut it. uh, Put that in the Lord's hands. And as far as, you know, the kids and how they've dealt with things, you're right. They have watched us walk through this, you know? And I think that's why when we told them two years in, it wasn't this huge ordeal because they were like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And they had watched us for two years and they realized we're okay. We're living kind of, you know, normally, if you will. But they didn't see this dramatic shift in who we were. And I think that that, that foundation was late. So therefore the gravity of me being attacked by a shark wasn't as, uh, as, uh, pro- profound to them because they had watched us for two years, you know, like mm-hmm. they see I'm okay. Daddy's okay. Mm-hmm. We're okay as a family, you know, Um, And so I feel like that's why the Lord really wanted us to wait on that is to show them that even when stuff happens that is beyond our control, things that we can't, um, you know, that we never planned for, the Lord is in it and he's using it and he's moving and working. And I don't know how many times I've had that discussion with my kids, especially my two older ones, you know, when stuff doesn't go their way or they start questioning, you know. Why does this have to happen? Blah, blah. blah. And we'll we'll come back to that. But God is good. See Mm -hmm. what he did, you know, in our lives with this. And there's pieces of our testimony that they were directly impacted by. And we're able to point back to that all the time. And I think that's so important Mm -hmm. as parents is to pause and remember. Because if we can teach our kids to do that, then as they walk through life, They can be in the practice of doing that as adults, as young adults and learning to pause and remember God's faithfulness. So I think that does something Mm -hmm. for us when we're able to remind ourselves if he was faithful then, then he's faithful again. He will do it again. So
1: yeah, that's kind of
0: those pieces that we've been really just working through with our, with our kids.
1: That's good. Yeah, it reminds me of your story. I mean, even just as you're talking about how going through difficulty, it reminds me of the story of Job. I get a lot of like Job um scripture reference, but also like where, where being a Christian and following following Jesus was never really promised to be like, you know, all sunshine and no yeah. rainy days. Like um <clears throat> it's not like this bait and switch thing for for the for the world like hey follow jesus and your life will be perfect yeah your finances will be great you're you know you'll never have anything bad happen to you and i think if you had that un uh that untrue belief from the beginning that could cause the uh, going through a traumatic experience where a, a shark attacks you to like shake your faith yeah um but you know do you do you consider like this kind of a trial that you went through like a testing of your faith or how do you see it and how do you like explain that to others like when they have like you know that question um or how would you encourage someone that's kind of going through that too
0: Yeah it's a great question um one thing I like to emphasize in that subject is that I don't believe that God sends trials our way I don't believe that he is you know going to send things our way to teach us a lesson that's not the god that we serve he's a god of love but we live in a fallen world with an adversary that's here to kill still and destroy mm-hmm. so those things are going to happen what god can do is take what was meant for evil and turn it for his good mm-hmm. that's what the promise is in Romans 8:28 he'll work all things the good, the bad, and the ugly together for the good of those who love him. Mm -hmm. So there was never promised that it is going to be sunshine and rainbows. You know, it says in John, um, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. But then Mm -hmm. the second part of it is, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So if he's overcome and we are in him, then that means we can overcome too. So I think, you know, he was very... Jesus was very um, specific in making sure that he gave us those pieces to hold on to so that when we do face those trials, the things that maybe test our faith, we have those things to point back to to say, okay, this doesn't feel good, but ultimately I know God is good. Yeah. So what can I what can I do with this? How can I resolve that? you know And I think the biggest thing for me, was resolving that, Lord, I may not always understand the why, and I have to be okay with that because Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm all-knowing. I wasn't meant to be all-knowing. It drives me crazy to not have that, you know, but I have to to surrender that to the Lord because I'm not supposed to know it all, Mm -hmm. and that's okay, and I have to trust his plan is best, even when it doesn't look like what I want it to look like. I would have never asked to be an amputee you know 10 years ago if you would have been like what do you want to do in 10 years it wouldn't have been to get attacked by a shark and be an Mm -hmm. amputee you know Mm -hmm. who's who's crazy enough to ask for something like that Mm -hmm. but now being on the other side of it I can clearly tell you without a shadow of a doubt that I would not change it Mm -hmm. because I see him using it I see him doing things in me and my family and even beyond that in these greater influence that he's given me that I I never was looking for, but he has provided opportunities for me to sow seeds in others that it's literally saving lives. Mm. I I would not take it back. I wouldn't change things if I could. So I wouldn't have thought to ask for it, but yet God knows what's needed in order for things to come to fruition the way that he's designed it to be. So it's that. Surrender of his plan,
1: mm-hmm. and he's answering that prayer that you had while you were even on the boat, like just saying, "God, use this in some way." And and yes. it's, inc- it's incredible to see um, him being faithful to to answer that, um, even Amen. even right there in in the midst of that uh, trial that you were going through. And as in even uh, icing on the cake testimony, I think I'm right in saying that you still snorkel, that you still go. And do all these things. Um, did, it took a little while to do that? Or you were like, no, I'm not I'm going to overcome my fear and just go for it? Or what does that look like?
0: Yeah, I had to be really careful on um, the timing of it because I have not dealt with nightmares, really no lingering PTSD stuff. And so because of that, I didn't want to go jump in and do something just to get a notch on my belt and then have it be a trigger and then all of a sudden have issues with
1: mm-hmm. nightmares,
0: PTSD, the whole, you know, nine yards. So mm-hmm. I was very careful to really seek the Lord on what was best. I really wanted to feel a peace about going back in the water um and doing those things. I had a desire to, but I didn't want to get ahead of what I felt like. Okay, Lord, I know you're going to use this and work through me. And I want to be well prepared, you know? So mm-hmm. 10 months after we did We did go snorkeling. Um, It was in a turtle preserve in Grand Cayman. That was across the street from the ocean. It was man-made. So it's kind of like, you know, that first step (laughs) of going snorkeling. Just dipping your toes.
1: Just dipping your toes. (laughs) Right,
0: right. But honestly, as soon as I put that snorkel mask on and I heard my breath through the snorkel tube, it was like thoughts immediately came. Mm. And I understand how easily it would be to go down that road because it is bombarding. But Hmm. I know who my God is, you know, and I was like, nope, I am not going to dwell on that. I am going to enjoy this. I know I have peace. I know God is not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. Like I had to like, really, Mm -hmm. I had to like speak out the scripture over myself. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I did. I went snorkeling. We it was a turtle preserve. So we got to see all the little turtles and the, you know, the different fish. And we got done and I was like, I did it. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not in the ocean, but I went back, you know? Yes, and so it was yes. like it's like one step at a time. And uh, the next time we went was in um like a cove within a cove. Um it was ocean, but it was very protected, kind of out. Um, mm-hmm, it wasn't mm-hmm. in the wide open area, and that was in Aruba um a couple of years ago. And um, so that was kind of a first step in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um and then last May. Um, is when we when I did uh, an open ocean again. Um, it was in Mexico. It was a trip with just my husband and I, and it kind of happened, not planned. We had planned a catamaran to go see this island is Isla Mujeres, but on mm-hmm. the way they were going to snorkel, and we're like, well, it doesn't really matter. We probably won't do it. Not a big deal. But I brought I have like a full face snorkel mask now, and I brought it just in case. And then we're, you know, we're kind of getting to that spot. And I remember my husband like looking at me. He's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, well, let's just get in and see how I feel. And then we'll just go, you know, we'll just take Mm -hmm. it. And I put my face under and it was like peace. Like it it was crazy because the water was really choppy. And it was like, we're bobbing everywhere. And I'm thinking the whole time I'm like, I don't know if this is where I want to be doing this because I'm (laughs) going to be choking on water. And it's not going to be fun. And I want this to be a good experience, you know. And mm-hmm. so the whole time, that's what my my thoughts were. But then as soon as I put my face in the water, it was like peace just came over me. And I I, I was I think I teared up in my snorkel mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I popped my head back up and I remember my husband like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm ready. And he's like, I saw his eyes get kind of big, like, oh, crap, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did it. And he stayed right by my side, you know, the whole time and it was amazing. I actually enjoyed it again. And Mm. I didn't know, I knew I would do it. I just didn't know if I would enjoy it. And I was Mm. afterwards, I was praying and I'm like, Lord, thank you for giving Mm. me that joy again. Like I was just so thankful that I got to experience it and enjoy it again. So it was pretty amazing.
1: I love that. I love JJ being right there by your side. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, I'm
1: not letting you out of my sight. Like, oh man well that is so great that's your story is amazing your uh your faith and your ability to lean into the promises of god the faithfulness of god is is encouraging and inspiring um man thank you for for being an example of that um so good have have you ever like thought of writing a book about the experience like have you ever like kind of like the journey, the process, and kind of putting the details into into book form?
0: Absolutely. I've been asked a million times, when is your book coming out? Yep, yep. <laughs> um, I definitely believe that there will be a book at some point. I have actually took steps this year. I joined an um, online community to kind of start the process of mm-hmm. organizing things on, um, I'm kind of taking it very slow because I don't want to just do it just because that's what everybody's asking for. I want it to mm-hmm. be, again, God's timing. But mm-hmm. I really felt like the Lord asking me to start. And so I am starting. Nice. No promises on any kind of like delivery date. But um, I do believe at some point in the near future, there will be a book, uh, maybe more, but more than one book. I don't know. We'll see.
1: That would be so cool. Well, I'm going to buy it when it comes out, whenever that is. <laughs> Um, and I appreciate the encouragement and, and you being able to share with us. And um, I'm going to share this with my daughter too. And yes. as, as we're dealing with similar, you know, uh, challenges as a family and, and wanting to counsel her well, um, just know that God is using you and continues Supreme. to use you. And um, I'm thankful for you.
0: Uh, it, it just blesses me so much knowing that he continues to use it in such tangible ways. It just, It makes everything so worth it. So thank you for sharing it. Yeah.
1: Amen. Um, As we end, uh, I don't want to take up any any more of your time. I'm so thankful for what you've given already. But I like to ask all all of our guests uh, a few questions, just some fun questions just to to get to know you even a little more. So if you don't mind, I'll ask you those now. The first one is, if you could time travel uh, to anywhere or any when, where would you go and why?
0: Ooh, um, I think that it would be super cool to be around when Jesus was walking there. I think it's even more prominent in my mind now because we're watching the chosen. Yes. And <laughs> I'm like, how cool would it be to be a spectator to all this, you know? Um, so that would be my number one. Um, would be to just walk uh, around with Jesus and to hear things firsthand from Him.
1: Yeah, I, I love that answer. I, I, if I if I picked that one, I'd want to be on the boat when He was just He was walking on the water. And I just yeah. read this recently, and Jesus was like, "It says He was gonna pass them by, like He was just out for an evening stroll." And <laughs> I right? was like, "Oh, you guys are here! Like, oh, right. What are you guys doing? Uh, like, I want to be uh, on that boat."
0: Uh yes. Uh, Some of the things that scripture, when you really dice it down, like you're saying, it's amazing. It just brings whole new context to the story.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, number two is you can only eat one thing the rest of your life. Uh, what are you choosing?
0: Actually, it's funny because my husband and I have had this very question. We, we do this sometimes when we're on road trips. We ask random questions and this yes. one has come up. And so my answer is chicken because you can do it. So many different ways. You know, you got chicken wings, chicken thighs, chicken legs. You can bake it. You can fry it. You can smoke it. You can do all kinds of things. Yes. And so I think chicken would definitely be it.
1: <laughs> I like it. That's very practical. And I think I, I, I would agree with you there. Uh, yes. The last one is, if you could give younger you one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: Uh, I would say to not give my heart away so quickly with some of my early relationships with boyfriends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one major regret I have is that there's pieces of me that I, I can't get back that I didn't save for my husband. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Uh, um, but it is a testimony. And so Um, It's something that I can share with others um, and hopefully prevent from happening in my own daughter's lives and as well as, you know, people that I have influence with. Um, But definitely just pursuing the Lord for his, um, his admiration and his love and not the love of man. Um, Mm -hmm. That's such a huge thing for young girls, especially. Um And so I feel like if I could like get a hold of me like, this is your future self. Let's add, you know, <laughs> I would totally do that. <laughs>
1: yes, that's good. And Lacey, I, I hope you're listening at this point as because there's been multiple lessons here now. All right. So protect your heart.
0: <laughs> Poor Lacey. All right. All right.
1: <laughs> this entire podcast has just been for my daughter. Like, uh, so
0: Well, Thank it you. blesses me to know that it's she'll so be good. listening for sure.
1: So good. Thank you so much. Is is there anything you want to leave us with? Like where can we find you, connect with you if we want to have um, someone reach out to you for you to speak at, at, at their church? Like what, what can you leave us with? How do we how do we connect with you?
0: Yeah. So I have a website for my ministry. It's called BeAnOvercomerMinistries.com. Um, I'm sure you'll link that in the show mm-hmm. notes. Um, yeah. So that's the best place to learn more about the ministry, how to get a hold of me to ask for speaking things. And I do everything, not just churches. I do school assemblies. I did that in your your guys' area, um, but I also do mm-hmm. corporate events and Um, women's conferences. I mean, you name it, I probably have done it in some capacity. And I love it. Um, I love the way that God has used every one of them. And it's amazing because even when it's not faith-based, I love that the Lord still uses that, uh, sometimes even bigger than what I, you know, put limitations on. So so that's how you can get a hold of me for speaking and that sort of thing. But I'm also on social media too. I have a Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. That's all the handle is at the letter B, an overcomer. It's not B-E because that was already taken. So I had to be a little creative there. So yep. um, still be an overcomer, but just drop the E. Um, okay. And that's how you can find me.
1: Awesome. Well, make sure you connect with her there. And thank you again for, for joining us and sharing your story. I know many people are going to be blessed to hear it and encouraged by it. Um, and we just love getting to connect with other people. Uh, other ordinary people. Um, that's that's our our organization's ordinary uh, movement comprised of ordinary men and women um, and we're ordinary because because uh, when they saw the faith of Peter and John, they were surprised and astonished to know that they were unschooled ordinary men who had been with Jesus. Amen. And uh, that's evident in your life and um, something we love to uh, point people to is what God has done in our lives. So thank you for sharing today. And guys, if you have any other uh, questions for Tiffany from what you heard, you want to know other things, leave them in the comments. Do our best to respond to those. And until next time, let's do this. See you soon.